Hello, great to see you again. Welcome back to Advance Your Wealth with Homer Smith. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff, joined as always by the star of our show, Mr. Homer Smith, private wealth advisor over at Convergent Wealth Partners. Homer, got a new episode today. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, really excited, Ryan. And uh, before we get into the meat of the topic today, I just want to give a quick shout out. I know my uh, wife and uh, two daughters are watching while they're getting ready for school this morning. So just a uh, good morning and uh, I love you guys. Yeah, nice little morning content for them. <laughs> um, so, hey, you know, Homer, we got a great episode today lined up. You know, you and I were just talking about it before we jumped on here. Uh, we've been kind of dancing around this topic uh, for a few episodes here now, but we're really going to get into the beaten potatoes of it today. And that's the family. Uh, but before I before I get ahead of myself, you know, let's take a step back. One of the biggest concerns that are facing affluent families today and how to really manage their wealth, uh, you know, so that it achieves many goals. There are a lot of concerns, I should say, you know, from continuing to grow that wealth uh, to making sure that it stays, uh, you know, it stays at a hefty amount so that it can be passed down from generations to come. Uh, yep. You want to use that wealth uh, to be able to position your family for their goals and to achieve the things they want to down the road. And then obviously there's the protection side. Of it. You want to make sure that it's not being taken unjustly uh, or taken too, you know, too much of uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but really, out of all of these goals, out of all of these things that face you know, an affluent family and their wealth is, is the word family. It's right there in the middle of it. Uh, you Often the best place to start with managing your wealth is to make sure that the family members are aligned and really on the same page when it comes to the key issues that are facing the wealth itself. So it's really what we're going to be diving into today is a family constitution and how it can be the best way to get this thorough process going. So Homer, let's get into it, man. Uh, in your experience, what kind of unique challenges arise when families with wealth attempt to kind of work together to manage their assets? Yeah, and I think this is such an important topic, and, and I think we briefly touched on it in one of our previous videos, but in, in some research done by the Williams Group, what they found was 70% um, of wealth transfers fail to reach it past the second generation. And a lot of that is going to be uh, solved by uh, some of the topics we're going to talk about today. And so you know, affluence really can help families build some pretty amazing things and, and realize a shared vision but it also can bring a lot of resentments and rifts among the family. And, you know, there's the potential for it to severely damage the family's financial position. You know, anytime there's decisions that involve significant wealth that involve multiple family members from multiple generations, the opportunities for this kind of conflict to arise is just really greatly magnified. And through my career, I've really seen both sides of it. I've worked with families that um, have this high level of trust and communication and the shared vision and you know their concerns around the successful transition of wealth is pretty limited. Uh, however, I've also worked with families where there's significant uh, disagreements and, and rifts between family members and, and having any sort of meaningful conversation around the, the future of the family wealth is, is, a, is a huge challenge. Right. So Homer, in your experiences, you know, are there any specific wealth related issues that you tend to see popping up more than, more than others among families with these you know, significant assets at their disposal? Yeah, the, the biggest issue that I've seen is really around this idea of family harmony. And it's this lack of trust. It's, it's this lack of communication uh, among the family members that makes it really difficult to have any sort of effective conversation around wealth-related issues. So really having a process in place to focus on building that family harmony first is the key to successfully navigating uh, multi-generational wealth. 
Sure. And, and, you know, having family members that just aren't on the same page with one another, one another are only going to generate, you know, issues, divides between the family. And obviously that's going to create, you know, a ripple effect moving forward, not only with the finances, but other family issues as well. Where most of us are in families, usually they're not always on the same page, but when it comes to wealth, we, we certainly want to make sure they are. Uh, so, hey, Homer, the next question for you. Um, what can families do to make sure that they are maintaining a more harmonious relationship or, or harmonious situations where both their attitudes and their wealth, you know, are aligned and everyone's working well together? Yeah, we, we believe one of the ways families can help build and encourage family harmony is by uh, considering putting together a formal family constitution. And a family constitution is going to help promote that trust and communication among the family uh, and put things in place to try to reduce the conflict as well as really lay out really what the family wants to do with their wealth over the long run. So let me ask you this, Homer, you know, how does a family constitution, you know, promote better family relationships? Like, you know, the deeper level stuff, you know, yes, obviously a family constitution, as you just mentioned, it's going to set you up for everyone to be better aligned when it comes to the wealth management. But how do you see in other examples where a family constitution is, is helping to promote those better relationships, especially yes, when it comes to the wealth? I think it's really interesting, actually, that the the ultimate outcome of a family constitution, which first and foremost is around uh, building and, and encouraging this family harmony, is extremely aligned with our mission at Convergent, which has always started with quieting the noise. And it's, you know, with wealth management, it's it's all the media and everything people are getting hit with every day. But with a family, it's all the issues that are going on within that family and really helping them focus on what's most important to them the family mission and the family values. And by focusing on quieting that noise, helping them promote uh, open communication and building that trust, as well as putting in things uh, into the family constitution around how to deal with conflict is really gonna start the process of promoting that family harmony. And then well, from there, oh, sorry. it's, Go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh no, no problem. It's all about living in alignment. And so now that we understand what the values are for that family, it's really then laying the groundwork for what are the goals and objectives for that family over time um, and what are going to be the uh, the behaviors and the participation of each of the family members in involved in making those decisions. So really, again, building around that that family dynamics, that family communication. And then by doing that, it really opens up the amount of choices that not only the family has for for how to navigate their wealth, but also creates lots of opportunities for the individual family members to grow and develop and create a bigger role within the family. And so all of those together really promote this family harmony that we believe is the key. It's the first and most important component to helping make sure that um, our families are in that, that, that percentage that actually successfully transitions that wealth over time. You know, it's sounding like to me it really plays this foundational role for, for establishing and preserving that harmonious relationship, yes, within the family itself and their relationships, but obviously the family's relationship to the wealth. So, Homer, this is all sounding great. You know, it sounds like it's something that any family that it, with significant assets, significant wealth should be considering doing. How would you go about it? How do you go about drafting a family constitution to make sure that everyone's aligned and, and you're taking the right steps to achieve the family's you know, financial goals and, uh, and, and aspirations? Yeah, I actually believe, while I think it's extremely beneficial for, for families with significant wealth, I actually do believe this process could benefit any family. And really it all starts with that family harmony. But once we've got that piece established, all the other components then are around managing for what, what to do with the family business or the family real estate portfolio and, and all the other investments that they might have. But it also establishes you know, how the family is going to make decisions. 
How are they going to spend the money? How are they going to invest it? How are they going to donate the money over time? Uh, how are uh, people going to contribute and participate in, in the family constitution, the building of it and management of the wealth over time? And, and how is their input going to be delivered? You know, what kind of role do they have in that? And then most importantly, how are they going to perpetuate this wealth for years to come? So all of those components uh, are needing to be built in. It's not, again, it, it, the, the first part is really building that family harmony, but then you need to fill out the rest with, with all those other components. And really, there's three main pieces that we see that are a part of this. The first one is as simple as just defining who the family members are. And this is going to vary from family to family on who gets to participate. The second one is that key component of building out that mission and, and values of the family. And then the, the third component is, are all the pieces of how are we going to stay together as a family? How are we managing that wealth? And how are we going to deal with conflict, build trust, and, and build communication? You know, Homer, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a family that was, uh, you know, relatively small. I had a brother, mom and dad. It was just the four of us. But there are families out there that are massive, you know, eight, nine, ten people involved in the family as a whole. You know, so so when you have a situation like that, maybe where there's a lot of different individuals involved in the family. So therefore, there's a lot of different opinions on that could be factored into how the wealth is managed so on and so forth. Who from a given family should be involved in discussing these issues and then creating and drafting that family constitution? Yeah, this is really going to vary from family to family of who's involved. I, I've seen it be as open as you know every family member, including married spouses and every kid and grandkid over the age of 16 get to participate and, and have a voice. And I've seen it be as limited as simply as the parents and kids that are over 16. So more just the, the, the close knit uh, family. And what I've found is, or what I've, I've sensed in working with these families over time are those that have a, a higher level of family harmony established where trust and communication are open. Uh, they're more likely to invite more members of the family into the process. And so really, I think building that uh, level of, of communication and trust is going to promote the ability to have more participants from the family have a voice in how that family constitution is created. Makes total and clear sense. So when, we, when you're looking at the family constitution, specifically, Homer, how, how formal is this constitution? You know, are these yeah. is this a legal document or is it more more so just kind of guidelines or recommendations? Yeah, it's it's formal in the sense that it's a written document. Uh, but it's really, as you mentioned, it's more guidelines and, and prescriptions. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's not, in most cases at least, a legal document with, with legal requirements built in. It's really designed to be something that the family puts together um, as a group and commits to adhere to those principles over time. You mentioned a key word that I, I want to ask you about, commits. You know, uh, what other advice might you give to a family or individuals of a given family to help ensure that the family constitution that they draft up remains relevant over time and that everyone is adhering to these principles over time? Yeah, a huge piece of this is to understand that this constitution uh, is a living document. Uh, it must be seen that way. And uh, it's not a static one time, throw it in the cabinet or throw it in a drawer kind of a document. It needs to be able to evolve and change as the family evolves and changes. And to give you a quick example, if, you know, if a younger member of the family ages and matures, 
the document has to be in a position to allow that person to have a, a higher level of participation over time. And, and having this flexibility built in is really going to be a key component to promoting that family harmony um, as situations evolve within the family. You know, who can families really turn to with this, Homer? You know, from the process of, yes, identifying the family's financial goals and, and then to helping them draft this kind of document, then also helping them revisit the document down the road to make sure everybody is still adhering to this. Who can, who can they turn to? As we've talked about, oftentimes when families are beginning this process, there's a lot of conflict, resentment, rifts um, built in. And so navigating that can be a challenge. Also, you know, for the most part, the matriarch and the patriarch are going to maintain kind of the final decision-making authority. Mm -hmm. But they do want to promote collaboration and, and, and get to consensus as, as much as possible. So oftentimes bringing in an outside facilitator to help walk the family through how to how to get to that point of open communication and trust is going to be critical, and there's going to be you know sensitive differences among the family members, whether it's political, you know how to raise a family, all these issues that they're going to be navigating, and so having that objective third party be there to help uh, deal with that conflict that is arises and, and help uh, really cool things off if needed in those meetings, and and with that ultimate goal of getting to consensus, uh, those types of people being brought in can be extremely helpful. You know, we've been talking about this family dynamic uh, throughout a lot of our past episodes, whether it was through stress testing or, or, or the concept of liability insurance and where you need to make sure you're covered. Family always seems to come back into the fold when it comes to wealth management, because let's be honest, who's the wealth for? It's for the family. So in closing here today, Homer, you know, could you sum up just kind of those key reasons that any affluent family today that is looking at their wealth, trying to, you know, align their goals together and realizing, yes, you know, maybe the matriarch and patriarch are realizing that we don't have to just be the keeper of the keys. Maybe we can let some of the kids in on this. We can let family in on these decisions. You know, could you kind of bottom line those important processes for us or the important reasons that somebody should be considering this family constitution? Yeah, I'm going to go back to where we started in, in that study from the Williams Group that showed that 70% of wealth transfers don't make it past that second generation. So what's really important that comes out of this, the bottom line uh, and the benefits of something like a family constitution is first and foremost, it's going to promote that family harmony, build that trust, build that open communication among the families. And that's uh, what that study found was the number one reason that this, the transfers weren't successful. Uh, the second part of it, I think one of the other big benefits is it's going to create an opportunity for the family to come together and it's going to better prepare those heirs to receive that wealth in the future because they're already participating in the decision making process, whether it's the family business, the family real estate or just the family wealth. And then uh, the last component of it, it's going to really establish that mission and values for the family so that everybody has that guiding light uh, to, to go off of in terms of how they make decisions in the future. And then ultimately, if they do it correctly, it creates a flexible arrangement that this document and this process can evolve as the family evolves over time. So, so a well-written, well-established family constitution is going to uh, help uh, create all of those pieces and, and bring it all together. Homer, you know, we've we've hit the uh, the importance as well as just the general topic of stress testing, uh, you know, a, a decent amount throughout our shows. Uh, do you ever find that when a family comes in and you guys are doing a stress test for a given family that uh, they're they already might have a family constitution of some capacity in play? Or do you find even that when you're going through the stress testing process with families, do you bring up the uh, the idea of the family constitution during those discussions as well? Yeah, we I, I rarely see a, a formal 
family constitution um, from family to family. There's I've definitely seen more families that are open to and already doing family meetings where they are at least mm -hmm. uh, promoting this open communication and, and trust building. But rarely have I seen it get to the point where they have uh, more of a formal document in place that outlines kind of the, the future plan for the family. And so it's something that I've recognized as, as, as something that can be extremely valuable. And it's something that, I, that I'm really focused on with our clients uh, that are in that situation going forward. Sure. I mean, it, it'll only help to have a set of guidelines that are written down on an established document for everybody to be able to, to refer back to, adhere to over time, and really just position the family as a whole to make sure they're making the best decisions with their wealth collectively going forward. So, Homer, I think that's really going to do it today. You know, any final thoughts, you know, on this family constitution? No, I think we've we've hit the main ones. I, I think it's... Um you know, over the years, 20 years uh, or so in this business and, and working with families uh, from, from every uh, kind of uh, area uh, uh, in, from the wealth spectrum, business owners, uh, it's, this is an area that for me, especially in the last year or two, is, has become uh, so much more important in, in recognizing how important uh, the family dynamics and family harmony is in, in preserving this wealth over time. You know, we can create all sorts of great tax structures and governance uh, inside of their estate plan. But if we're not really dealing with these tough, thorny family issues and helping families navigate mm -hmm. that, we're really not doing the full job that we have as wealth managers for our clients. So you know, I appreciate the opportunity to bring this topic really to light and, and spend so much time on it because I do think this is something that is critically important uh, for the things we do for our clients going forward. Well, that's awesome. Well, hey, look, we're going to be back here again, new month, you know, come April, and we're going to have a new complex financial topic to kind of dive into. And Homer and I will root through the weeds of it and, and bring really the essence of the topic to you guys. But uh, for Homer Smith, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. And thanks again for joining us for another edition of Advance Your Wealth. All opinions expressed by Homer Smith are solely Smith's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Integrated Wealth Concepts, LLC, Integrated, or its parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by Smith on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Smith as a specific inducement to make particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Smith's opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither integrated nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Smith, integrated, its affiliates and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Smith's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither Smith nor integrated guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed by Smith or anyone else. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or in the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned by Smith. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Investment advice offered through Integrated Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor. Integrated Financial Partners provides investment advisory services through several doing business as names. The information in this material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Integrated Financial Partners does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services. Please consult your legal tax advisor regarding your specific situation.